Greetings and salutations. You're listening to This Ends at Prom, a podcast where I, teen movie apologist BJ Colangelo, show my wife, Harmony Colangelo, a seminal teen girl movie that I missed out on because I grew up as a teen boy. Is today's movie truly emblematic of womanhood? Or of rose-colored nostalgia glasses warped your perspective? Circle yes, no, or maybe to find out if we're crowning a queen? Or if we're killing the teen dream. Welcome to This Ends at Prom. This Ends at Prom is a Pod People production. I don't wanna be your merch girl. I wanna be your goddamn idol. And I don't wanna have to work twice as hard for the same motherfucking title. But I. back to This Ends at Prom. You are joining us on one hell of a day. <laughs> uh, yeah. This, BJ, what are the unique circumstances oh, with which we are recording Nylanta. today? Okay, so we've got a couple of things going on here. First off, um, if, it, if, if it feels a little bit more romantic today than usual, it's because we are podcasting by candlelight. Yes, we have a, a plethora of leftover tea candles from our jack-o'-lanterns mm-hmm. that are just scattered around the room with one large, like, Bath and Body Works candle in the center for scent and ambiance. Yes. So my whole room <laughs> smells like sweater weather, I believe. Um, and yes, tons of tea candles everywhere because we don't have power. And um, we don't have power because there were, you know, 50 to 60 mile an hour winds that went through Cleveland today. Kind of shut down the whole goddamn city. Well, the stupid thing of it is, like, it's a, it wasn't really a storm. It rained for, like, 15 minutes. Yeah, there was really strong winds, hail, um, a little bit of storming for 15 minutes, and then now it's it's been whatever since. Like, the it's, power's just been out for hours, and it's fairly chill. The stupid thing of it was, like, as soon as the rain started, the Transformer... Like, like on our block, exploded after like fifteen seconds. Yeah, it took it no took time at all. No effort. It was like made of paper and then just blew, and we haven't had power since. Yeah. So we popped the batteries in the uh, the machine, and uh, here we are recording in a blackout. <laughs> yeah, it's a nightmare. I just really hope that we have power by tomorrow because your girl works from home, and I kind of need power. Yeah. Well. Maybe we lost power because we are being smote by God himself <laughs> for the movie we are about to cover today. Yeah, that's probably it. And also, if this is your first time tuning in, um, hi, I'm one of your co-hosts. My name is BJ Colangelo. And across this candlelit room, this is like the most like romantic ambience we've ever had, I think, together. And yet we're flirting less than normal. I know. <laughs> flirting less than normal. Well, <laughs> I'm we Harmony Colangelo. I, I think uh, I think the intro music actually tells people who we are. But this is just formality because, you know, we're we're professionals. Yeah, we just like to say hi and let you know that we're here with you. And hi, how are you? We, we care uh, about you. We want to know what's going on with you. I like think about that meme all the time where it's like what it's like listening to podcasts and it's that kid sitting next to like a yogurt commercial laughing along with like, or it's like a billboard, not even a, a commercial. And it's like sometimes I feel like we're having conversations and it's like, I wish I could include other people in this, but it's a podcast. This is a 
a dialogue between us and a monologue into your ears. I mean, maybe we'll figure out a system for that via like some sort of Patreon thing yes. going down the road. We, we've, we've got many tools that we have not tapped into as far as that <laughs> medium goes, but that's okay. So, BJ, what movie are we talking about today? So today is actually very interesting because we are actually watching a movie that was new to both of us. Oh, it was new this year. It was new this year. So today we are talking about 2019's Yes, God, Yes, written and directed by Karen Maine. Maybe it's not this year. Well, I mean, it became available. <laughs> I thought it was this year, and I was, now I feel a fool. I am Boo Boo the Fool. <laughs> it became available this year, so you're not, you know, super far off. Okay, fine. They did, like, a little festival run, and then... And now it's, like, streaming it's or whatever. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so, according to our friends over at Fandango, our Frandangos, um, Yes, God, Yes is the story of... A Catholic teenager in the early 2000s discovers her sexuality and struggles to suppress her new urges in the face of eternal damnation. And I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> that one's pretty good. Good job, Friendango. You did a good job this week. Well, there's only like two settings in this entire movie and, I don't know, a handful of characters. And it's really just one central internal conflict. So mm-hmm. it's pretty easy to, to encapsulate, I think. So a big reason that I really wanted to cover this movie, despite the fact that this is a new-to-both-of-us movie, is this movie is doing something, I think, really groundbreaking in terms of... I mean, I mean, when I'm scrolling Netflix and I see something that says, you know, this movie is about t- discovering masturbation as a teenager and it's about, you know, a woman, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm in. 100%. What in the she-bop is this? <laughs> Because up until this point, you know, a lot of the movies that deal with female pleasure are like comedies. Like, you know, like I think of like the to-do list with Aubrey Plaza, which I don't think you've seen yet. Nope. Um, but movies like that where it's it's not taking it seriously and it's kind of poking fun at it, probably you, because people are uncomfortable. Are you saying the intro to not another teen movie is not taking masturbation seriously? <laughs> okay, good point. Fair, fair point. Um, and I think just masturbation and any... Anything to do with teenage sexuality in general tends to be taken like a joke. Um, mm-hmm. So the fact that this movie was doing something in a genuine way really interested me. When a man and a woman receive the sacrament of matrimony, God calls on them to create children in his image. Any sex outside of one man, one woman, one marriage is against God's plan. Um, what about sex with yourself? <laughs> Can you create children from sex with yourself? No. Right. So... It's against God's plan. Exactly. We are called on to be chaste until we are married, and that means no sex with yourself or anyone else until you stand at that altar and you say, I do. Or else it is damnation for all eternity. And remember, God is always watching. So normally on the show, the first thing that I ask is, you know, what was your knowledge of this movie beforehand? But since it was new to both of us, um, instead, I, I'm, I'm going to poke you a little bit and I'm sure you're going to be real mad. Uh, um, Harvey, what's your uh, what's your experience with uh, religion and growing up and anything to do with that? Let's start there so that people know sort of what backgrounds we're coming from in addressing a movie uh you know about sex and sexuality while uh, also grappling with religion 
my hands immediately go to my face as I <laughs> as I pat myself lightly and figure out how I want to say this. Um, and the candlelight is giving you this like <laughs> this kind of spooky campfire thing going on. So I'm just waiting for this to be a really scary. Like, Congrats! <laughs> spooky season isn't over because of God. <laughs> Truly, nothing more terrifying than organized religion. So, um, anyone who's probably had any kind of interaction with me ever, because uh, I have a loud mouth and some 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 capital O opinions knows that I do not care for religion, just any of them, mm-hmm. and any of them at all. Yeah, and ex- I would say expand upon that, because I think a lot of people have an idea in their mind of what they think religion is, um, or what it isn't. Um, personally, I think most people, when they're like, religion, their brain is like, oh, Judeo-Christian. And it's like, oh, no, no, like, harmony means literally all no, of them. No, what I mean, all, I mean, I mean all of them. Uh, I I include, like, the the Wicca witchy kind of stuff. I include like the Buddhism. I include like the 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 Orthodox Judaism. I'm just like I'm not a fan of any organized religion because I am of the not so controversial anymore opinion that most of the worst things to ever happen in human history are uh, the fault of religion. Typically, the ones that I was raised in, the mm-hmm. Catholic and Christian side, because mm-hmm. uh, I was Catholic on my dad's side and Christian on my mom's, specifically Lutheran, which is the laziest form of Christian as far as I know, <laughs> because they barely give a shit. So, um, yeah, I grew up in a in a pretty, uh, I, I wouldn't say aggressively religious household, but it was it was quite present, especially amongst the grandparents. Like, we sang happy birthday to Jesus every Christmas, and we had a cake. And um, I don't have issues with Jesus himself. He seemed like a very nice socialist, but the point is that uh, quite a lot of his things have been taken out of context and repurposed for some awful, awful things. So um, I went into this movie fully expecting to just be like, cool, um, I'm going to hate, like, everyone, Mm -hmm. because... As a person who watches a lot of horror movies, I have legitimately never been more scared watching a movie than the documentary Jesus Camp. Well, what's so scary about Jesus Camp is, one, it's just you're watching brainwashing in action, and that's fucking terrifying. But the fact is, the, the those documentarians showed the subjects that film, and they were like, by the way, this is what we're presenting to the world. And they were like, yep, that's us. Mm-hmm. So that's I, I, even I'd like to hope that they didn't do it with the uh, ominous score yet but yeah. <laughs> i agree with the ominous score yeah no i i'm right there with you on that um so yeah that's that's where i am as far as my upbringing of things go mm-hmm. if people want to go ahead and practice their religions and their spirituality like that's fine i really like it if you don't involve me mm-hmm. which generally the religions i'm the most kosher with are the koshery uh judaism mm-hmm. and not so much the a very intense orthodox part because they're not too much of a fan of me mm-hmm. or uh, or like like buddhist kind of things but like paganism and catholicism and christianity and those the people are very very aggressive about letting you know about their their religion and really just trying to shove it on you in mm-hmm. my experience mm-hmm. it's like uh the, the every bad stereotype of a vegan <laughs> 
Like, that's kind of the vibe I've gotten from way too many people of these particular faiths. Okay. And if I was in a different part of the country, maybe Mormons as well. (laughs) But I live in the back of a building where we don't really have Mormons. They can't find where we live. (laughs) So, my... My religious experience is really weird because my parents are not, um, they're they're not religious in any way, shape or form. They don't go to church. Um, they don't pray. They don't read the Bible. They don't do any of that stuff. Um, but growing up, I lived really close to, I mean, like I've talked about the area that I've grown up in before, but I don't think I've ever really Chicago around. Yeah. Like around Chicago, but I've never really given names, but for this I will, cause it's important. So where I went to high school and where I, um, kind of spent my life growing up was the city of Zion, Illinois. Um, So right off the bat, if anybody even has like tertiary knowledge of any sort of like biblical or theological education, like, you know, like Zion is like, that's a holy fucking city. Uh Um, So the city of Zion was the second planned city in the country. So after Washington, D.C., where they basically were like, here's the land and here's how we're going to build the city, Zion was the second one. So not like something like Pittsburgh, where the roads were designed <laughs> by like horse and animal paths yes. and it's a nightmare. <laughs> yes, exactly. Gotcha. Cool. Um, so if you look at a, a, an old city map of Zion, because um, obviously the city has expanded in, in years since it was founded, um, it kind of looks like uh, a British flag. And what I mean by that is... There is a a lot of intersections, but they all go towards the middle. So the city of Zion has a church in the middle of the city. And you kind of cannot go north and south through the city on the alphabet street. So north and south are all alphabet streets. And then east and west are all numbers. Mm -hmm. But the north and south streets uh, go alphabetically down the line. um, Different names of people or places in the bible so it's like you go from like gabriel street to gilead street to you know whatever the fuck else and it if you are on one of those streets eventually (laughs) at some point the roads will try to force you into going to the church in the middle of the city this is a very moral oral kind of yes holy shit yes um (laughs) that's one of the best ways i can describe it um but the city is really like fucked up and weird because the city right next to it or it's not even a city it's a village um was like a sundown town and like the grand wizard of the kkk used to live there so a lot of fun yeah really cool i dread that sundown yep super super fun that's a good joke i'm proud of you for having a town that dreaded sundown joke very niche i know thank you <laughs> um so then what ended up happening is a lot of the marginalized communities like pretty much all of the people of color um you know got pushed into zion as well so there's this really weird like cocktail going on in that city where it's a lot of people that are disenfranchised and dealing with poverty and then a lot of like these very aggressively religious white people um it's it's very fucking weird it's it's a weird place to grow up so because of that because religion has like such a stranglehold on this community like despite the fact that growing up like my parents were not religious like honestly my grandparents weren't even religious like i have some italian family members that are like hardcore catholic like big time roman catholic but that never really extended to like my personal branch of my family 
But if I wanted to have friends and if I wanted to like do things with my friends outside of, you know, baton twirling or whatever, I went to like vacation Bible school or I joined the youth group. I got dragged to those events. (laughs) Like it's very weird because it was like these were a lot of the social events that existed. And, you know, one of the things that I... I've told you about is like, I was a big performer, you know, I'm a big theater kid. I loved singing. Mm -hmm. And one of the only chances that I had to sing publicly was with like a fucking youth group. So if I wanted to sing in the youth band, that meant that on Wednesday nights I had to go to Bible study. And it's like, I voluntarily did this religion thing when I didn't fucking need to. And I never fully like got on board with it. I didn't really believe in any of it. It was very much like, for appearances and kind of going through the motions just so I could feel like I had friends in a community. But like a lot of fucked up shit happened to me when I was a teenager and church people were not cool about finding out the fucked up things that had to me uh, mm-hmm. as a teenager. So then it got worse. And, um, you know, I, by the time I think I was like a, a junior in high school, I was like, yeah, no, fuck this. I'm done forever. <laughs> like I, I'm never going back. I'm never looking back. And I haven't since, um, I'm very thankful for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that being said, I, I think I have a weird relationship with religion because for me, I'm like, this isn't for me. I don't need this. I don't want this, but I know that there is a positivity for a lot of people. And I'm a very strong proponent of like, if something gives you faith and something makes you feel whole and complete, or this is, you know, something that helps you get through life by all means. Like I'm, I'm glad that this is what works for you, but what I cannot deal with is the fact that, you know, we live in America and we live in the Midwest, which means a lot of people believe that their religion supersedes the lives and rights of everybody else. You mean people like us? Yeah, I don't I don't fucks with that all day. You want to go to church seven days a week? That's fine. You want to try to pass legislation that says I'm not allowed to go to the doctor because I have, you know, gay demons in my blood? Go fuck yourself. Yeah, I mean, I can, yes, absolutely, but <laughs> I, uh, I don't know how much we want to, like, spend time talking about right. church stories because, boy, howdy, do I have a lot of bad <laughs> ones because... I uh, I was dragged to every uh, church function that I was ever privy to, including a very similar uh, youth group style getaways to uh, mm-hmm. similar to this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can say that uh, I remember distinctly when I stopped believing in religion, and I think it's a fun story. All right, tell lay it on that, and then we'll dive into this movie. Sure. So. You you were saying that, like, oh, well, I was never really full on board, and I pretty much got off the Jesus train at, like, the age of five. Oh, is this, like, when you found out Santa wasn't real? No. <laughs> that's, it's not like that at all. I it, it came to... I had to pick sides. So I had to go visit my, my pastor, and I had a very important question for him, where we're studying the Bible, and, I mean, we're skipping large chunks of it that I've still never even seen, but those aren't the fun stories. We want to talk about the fishers of men kind of stories, the, mm-hmm, the, the, mm-hmm. we make lots of bread, and God gets mad and drowns the earth, but we don't talk about how vindictive that is, whatever. So, uh, I had to ask my pastor, um, so, 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 Pastor, Pastor Bernath, why, um, why are there no dinosaurs in the Bible? Because mm-hmm. I was really into Jurassic Park, and Pastor said, uh, Oh, that's not real. 
And I went, uh, absolutely not. (laughs) I've seen Jurassic Park and Land Before Time and all these other things. I've seen We're Back, a dinosaur story. I've watched the creepy Not the Mama Dinosaur show. Uh, They are real. And how dare you? (laughs) And uh, yeah, I picked my sides and I chose the uh, the dead lizards as opposed to the dead bearded man. The dead lizard birds versus the the dead man who can walk on water. Yeah. (laughs) Some lizards can walk on water. You know, that's true. The Jesus lizard. Yeah, the Jesus lizard. <laughs> so there water. you go. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's where I gave up on religion. I love that. That's great. Thanks. Then, then you know, the whole fishers of men kind of concept of they just kept trying to drag me along whether mm-hmm. I wanted it or not. And um, I, I was quite the curmudgeon about it. I was, I was, uh, I was Brad Garrett and everybody loves Raymond <laughs> and Raymond is Jesus. <laughs> There you go. So uh, let's talk about this movie. Let's talk about this movie. Now Now that we've gotten that out of the way, so you you all know at least where we're coming from when we're analyzing this. You're a lot more fair about this than me. I'm way more fair about this than you, but that tends to be me with most things. <laughs> yeah, well, I had a pretty negative experience one after another with this sort of yeah. uh, thing. So, yeah, I uh, understand. All right. So Yes, God, Yes is pretty much centered around... Alice, played by Natalia Dyer, who is most famous for um, her role in Stranger Things. And she's great in Stranger she Things. She is great in Stranger And she's Things. really great in this, too. She's really great in this, too. So, talking about Alice, uh, what what are your first thoughts or what are your takeaways um, from Alice? So, I think this kind of character is usually reserved for, like, a side character in most teen movies. Agreed. Agreed. Um, and, le- like, it's maybe, like, a religious friend or, like, something maybe like Easy A where it's Amanda Bynes and they're, like, the active antagonist. Mm-hmm. But, um, or, or something like Saved where it's, like, okay. It's Hillary Faye. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, like, this does not feel like the kind of person who ever gets, like, lead roles. Or, or I, I guess, doesn't get a spotlight in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, this kind of character is just, like, the closest you get is maybe, like, I don't know, Walk to Remember or... So another Mandy Moore character. <laughs> yes, another Mandy Moore character. So uh, I I don't know. It's just I was optimistic that I would like her because they kind of present her from the jump as being a little like mm. I mean I was raised to be very very religious, but like I don't I don't know something mm-hmm. about this seems off. And you know when you're a teen, you you kind of question all of the the things you were raised to believe. Once you start getting other like external experiences, I guess, Mm -hmm. which you get fewer of in a Catholic school. Mm -hmm. But um, I I, I guess my gut instinct where, you know, I would, I, if you were to present this character to me, you know, from the first 20 minutes of the movie and just describe them, I go, I don't think I'm going to like this person. Mm -hmm. But the way it's, you know, the way everything is carried out and the subtle nuances of how she's kind of always has a very skeptical, perplexed expression on her face. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm like, okay, cool. There's something here. You're not like totally in, in the church, the cult of Catholics. Mm-hmm. And that, that I like that you, you're an entry point for me. Unlike your very, very mean friend. Yeah. We'll get to, we'll get to her in a little bit. So, <laughs> so that's how I am with Alice. I think she is, I think she's good. I think she has a really nice arc. I think she's got some good character growth. I think she is very nice and astute. And astute. Very and nice. astute. I really like Alice. She reminds me a lot of a, a lot of the girls that I did meet through youth group. I think a lot of them 
sort of fell on the Alice side of things. Not that I would say that any of them were skeptical, but I'm very lucky in that the friends that I did make for the most part through sort of like this youth groupy thing, these were the kids that were skeptical of sort of the changes in religion that their their parents and their grandparents were fighting against. So these were the kids that were like, I believe in the Bible and I believe in all these tenets, but I don't believe that gay people are going to burn in hell forever. Like the, I, I'm having a moral conundrum with this. Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah. Not, Mine wasn't that. I was like, not all of them, <laughs> but there, there was like a handful, the ones that I think I, I gravitated with the most, probably because obviously I was very openly uh, you know, queer. Even when I was dating guys, I, w- I was still just like, oh yeah, I'm pansexual or I'm bisexual, blah, blah, blah. Like I just, I was never fully straight in anyone's minds. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was, that was something that was really, really nice to see in this Alice character because I think a lot of times movies, you're right, they do tend to present a lot of religious characters or characters that go to Catholic school or Christian academies or whatever and they present them like the Hillary phase in Saved or the Amanda Bynes. They make them insufferable. They make them awful. Yeah. And And don't get me wrong. I want to boo those people. Yes. Because they are insufferable. They are. And they have, these people have yelled at me in my life. But I think that Alice is, I mean, Alice is the type of girl who is strong in her convictions who, you know, has her faith, but she's not going to be like one of those crazy Trumpers. She's going to be one of those people that's like, no, this is not what Jesus said. She's more, honestly, she's more like Mary, um, so Jenna Malone's character in Saved, the one who gets pregnant. Mm -hmm. She follows, I think, kind of that path where it's like, I believe this, but it's also kind of bullshit, Um, which I, I like that we see in a way that isn't a, like... Like, Saved is very tongue-in-cheek. Like, there's a lot of winking at the camera. And I don't think Yes, God, Yes does that. No, it's a... It's it's a dramedy, but it's a drama coming-of-age story. More than it's comedy. The comedy is incidental. Yes. And I do like that um, she is open to it. That makes me open to it. Mm -hmm. And in the same way that, like, she's sort of, you know, exploring her sexuality. It's like, cool, we're just exploring lots of things and we're presenting lots of open scenarios. And we're just going to kind of tiptoe into a lot of places that movies don't go very often, which Mm -hmm. I liked seeing. I really like, too, how they handle her... I mean, the entire movie is centered around two two kind of, like, main things. Like, her discovering her own sexuality, um, like masturbation. She loves hairy forearms. Yeah, and she uh, loves hairy forearms because... We'll dive into that in a little bit because there's so much at work here. But also this understanding that uh, there's this shift that happens when we're, I think, teens, for some of us, earlier in life, depending on our lived experiences, when you have that realization that adults are not perfect and they fuck up and they like, you know, mom and dad are not these like perfect saints. Your teacher is not this perfect saint. Um, your pastors are not these perfect saints where it's kind of realize people are people and you can't always trust them Mm -hmm. to have your best interest. Yes. Yes. Oh, I'm not being bitter at all when I say that (laughs) sentence. So I think that you know, we're also seeing Alice deal with that. And I think she's presented in a very real way because it is a conflict. And I think we forget that as adults, that when you have that moment of like, wait a minute, wait, they can lie to me? Mm -hmm. Like that shit's traumatizing. Yeah. It's like when you find out Santa isn't real, but now you're a teen. (laughs) 
And it's a lot heavier because then you realize it's the whole world. Yeah. And also, maybe it's just my 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 intense biases, but Alice is the only character in this movie I'm rooting for. Mm-hmm. Like, there is the boy that she is crushing on, whose name I don't remember, because I do not remember a single person in this name, movie's name other than her. Okay. <laughs> but uh, the very hairy forearm boy, who seems very nice. Don't get me wrong. He's He seems like a good little Christian boy who's like six foot six. Yes. But she is the straight man in this... I don't know, circus of religion that mm-hmm. I am a little horrified to be in. Mm-hmm. And and I understand. And I will fully admit, uh, I kind of tricked you into watching this movie because I know your aversion to religion. But uh, so I had seen, I had watched this myself like a night where Harmony was working. And I was like, oh my God, we have to cover this on the podcast. She is not going to want to watch this because it's about religion. But this is legitimately one Specifically of the... Specifically, like, the Catholic, the Catholic religion, religion I am right. intensely adverse to. Yeah. Um, what, what, there was that movie, um, what's the one with, uh, what, what, what's that movie with, with Tom Holland and, and Robert Pattinson? Devil that, All the Time. Okay, that one, yeah. So someone showed me the trailer recently for that... And was like, I just watched this. It's really, really good. Like, Robert Pattinson is doing, you know, just in general, he's doing some of the best work of his career these days, which is right. really well, nice Well, because he's see. always been a good actor and people are idiots because he was in a teen girl movie, therefore we can't take him seriously. Exactly. Anyway. So uh, someone showed me the trailer for this and they're like, oh, it's super good. You're going to, like, you're going to love it. And th- clearly they do not know me that they can have that sentence come out of their <laughs> mouth in relation to this because I watched this two-minute trailer and go, there are entirely too many crucifixes in this movie and not in like a fun vampire way i'm out yeah i'm the trailer is enough for me i'm i will be crotchety and unhappy the whole time and i'll be uneasy for the wrong reasons and i think that's something that's really really important to to acknowledge that as as queer people and especially you know for you as a as a trans person the relationship with religion in america is so toxic and i don't like i think the word toxic gets like thrown around a lot where like a lot of people are like "Mm, that guy looked at me funny that's toxic masculinity no he's just a fucking asshole like Mm -hmm. calm down but i genuinely believe that the relationship with organized religion and the lgbtq plus community has a lot of really really dark toxicity that needs to be acknowledged to the point where yeah uh Seeing images that are heavily religious, that are covered in a lot of crosses, there's, you know, maybe, you know, white Jesus paintings, whatever, that shit can be very triggering. So I feel bad that I kind of tricked you into seeing this movie because I knew that, like, you don't fuck with the religion stuff. But I was like, but I think there is enough of this movie that is about women's sexuality and you know, dis- discovering that side of you and having that crisis that you will walk away from this feeling better. Whereas like if I were to throw any other sort of religious movie Let's at you. Let's watch Passion of the Christ. Yeah, no, fuck that. I saw that <laughs> in theaters. Oh I got God. dragged to that and everyone's like, it's so emotional. I was like, it's a that horror was, movie. That was bloody and That's really a- exploitive and not yes. good. That's a yeah. bad movie. Passion of the Christ is an exploitation film. I, I will I will die on that cross. Okay. Um, uh, I had to. You. I'm Finger sorry. guns. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> But uh, yes, I believe your exact words for this movie was, okay, so there's this movie I watched while you're at work. 
And it's about a girl and she's finding her sexuality, but like she's learning about masturbation and it's, it's kind of religious, but it's really about like, it's coming of age thing about like sexuality. And I go, okay, cool. And we're like maybe 30 minutes, 40 minutes into this movie. And I go, this is a religious movie. And you go, no, it's like, it's, there's like religious like tones, but it's not a religious movie. I'm like, they are at a like youth group thing and they are taking like workshops for like Catholic shit. This is a Christian, or this is a Catholic movie. Like, it is religious. How dare you? Yeah. But... I, I've, I've been dragged to the Great Wolf Lodge, and I've had, like, these sad, looping, like, acoustic ballads of Christian rock blared in my ears while everyone slowly raises a single hand in the air and just feels the Holy Spirit, and I go, I am so uncomfortable. I would like to leave, please, but I can't because I'm stuck at the Great Wolf Lodge. <laughs> so I guess I should say, are you, are you mad that you watched this movie? Are you- On principle, I'm salty, <laughs> though I like the movie. Okay, thank you. I like to think that I'm a pretty good judge at your limits and like knowing. Like, I should hope so. Where the <laughs> where the line is and where like I can push you a little bit. I was like, Ugh, don't I, poke this bear. I was like, I think I can poke this bear a little bit. Like I think it's it'll be like in a goofy movie when they're trying to wake up like Bigfoot and he's just going like wah, 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 and not like terrorizing. I was like, I feel like I could poke you enough that you're just going to and you're not going to attack. That's that's the level sure. I am. <laughs> right. Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> All right. So let's move on. <laughs> I'm I'm sure I'm going to keep ranting about how I have I have some hang-ups as we go on. So let's not fine. dwell on it for too long that's at once. That's fine. So, in all honesty, because this movie is so centered on Alice, everybody else just feels sort of like a secondary character. Um, and I don't want to take time talking about every single one of them, because I think that that's, like, whatever. I think there's only, like, four that we have to talk yeah. about. All right, so the next character that we should probably talk about is uh, Father Murphy, played by Timothy Simons. Um, Timothy Simons, most people know from, like, Veep. He kind of plays, like... I don't want to call them, like, bumbling idiots, because obviously, like, he's supposed to be, like, a smart character on Veep, but he's also just kind of goofy. Um, he's not goofy in this movie. No. He, he is so straight-laced. Yeah. And I don't care for it. It's, like, he's not, he's not, like, angry. Like, he's not a scary pastor. He's just a very serious about his job pastor. Yeah, he's not, like, he's not fire and brimstone pastor. Like, he's not, like boy erased he's like, extremely terrifying. disappointed in you and will tell you at length about it pastor yes i i agree wholeheartedly and what's interesting is he teaches the morality class um at their school in addition to he also runs the kirkos retreat which is like this roman catholic thing i don't want to they go and get their waffle crosses it's where they get their waffle crosses yes yeah um which i don't want to like dive into you know what that means because google's your friend kirko's retreat terrifying anyway um but he teaches the morality you, you class can't talk about it you can only experience it yourself <laughs> oh my god the amount of kids that would like go on like these youth retreats and then come back just drunk as hell off jesus for like two weeks and that jesus juice off that jesus juice high from going on these things good god i would just be very upset the whole time and then my mom would be like oh well, how was your trip and i was like it's awful why do you make me do this <laughs> every single time but but what i really like about 
this character is that, I mean, he's teaching the morality class, he's teaching sex ed, and the sex ed class is basically the you don't have sex or you'll get pregnant and die sort of thing. Like, it's... So it's not sex ed. It's, it's not sex ed, it's, it's abstinence. It's sex ed version. Yeah, it's, it's an abstinence class that is basically like, you have sex with one person and it's solely to have babies and anything outside of that is wrong and sex with yourself is wrong too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we bust him jerking it. And then we bust him later on jerking it to some porn. Mm-hmm. And it's just this thing where it's like, well, yeah, like, like people are hypocrites and adults are imperfect. And it's, it's such a weird thing. The problem. <laughs> I don't care. Like I can accept that people are imperfect and that's mm-hmm. fine. Flawed characters are interesting characters. Flawed people are are complicated. Mm -hmm. But the issue is that this man and the religious right claim utter moral superiority. And that's And that's the hypocrisy that I get mad about. That said, there are um, probably two full moments of catharsis in this film, Mm -hmm. one of which is in the bar, which I think we'll just talk about that scene probably later on its own. And then there's this other one at the very end of the movie where Alice calls him out whilst not specifically mentioning anything to him about the porn he was watching because she happened to be, like, around the corner in the closet when he was watching it Mm -hmm. and just basically was like, hey, um, I saw this porn and it was, like, uh, some people having sex on a car and it was really specific and you could just see, like, this man, like, Like all all of the fear washes over his face and he's just like, oh, no, and oh my god, that catharsis felt so good to me. Yeah. Like, after just so much, like, I wouldn't say this is scary religious, it's just, it's it's safe religious, and that's so much more familiar to me, and that's what scares me. Like, that's what makes me so uncomfortable, is like, this isn't like, I don't know, like, The Nun or something, like, where it's like, booga booga, religion is terrifying. It's that, this is the mundane religion. Mm-hmm. And it's, this is the normalized religion that's not supposed to be scary. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's familiar. Mm-hmm. So having this blow up in this man's face like this, even if it's just for Alice's own self-satisfaction, oh, it made me feel so good. Like, I had, like, I had, was so tense, and I was also drinking, because I think we watched this during election week. We did, because I make good decisions. <laughs> yeah, loved that. Um, so I was, I spent a few days, like, mildly tipsy pretty consistently. And, um, yeah, like, that took the edge off in a way that I desperately needed. It was a video. There was a man and a woman. And the woman was wearing a hot pink bra. They were on the hood of a car with graffiti on it. And I did it even though I knew it was a sin. Will God still forgive me? That's between you and God. For penance. 50 Hail Marys and 50 Our Fathers. So Karen Maine did an interview at um, robertebert.com where she talks about how this film is actually a little bit autobiographical, where Mm -hmm. a lot of the experiences are heavily based in her own life. And she says like 80% of this film is her life Mm -hmm. and in talking about the school and you know especially the character that inspired father murphy 
She says, everyone's experience is unique to their school, but my school is very strange. We had a teacher who was a deacon on Friday afternoon class. He taught morality. He must have taught other things, but I just remember he taught morality sophomore year. And on Friday afternoons, he would go up and down the rows of desks with a framed picture of Jesus close up on his face with a crown of thorns and a river of blood just dripping down his face. And he'd say, don't forget this weekend in case you're tempted to drink or do drugs or do anything bad. And then he would also take the film Jesus of Nazareth and dub Vanessa Williams's Love Breaks Your Heart to the carrying of the cross. It was just really in your face. Like Pam Stenzel came and gave me an assembly for the school. She's fucking insane. And it worked on me. I was a junior and I was like, oh my God, sex. Like it's deadly. And I mean, I definitely lost my virginity like six months later. But yeah, there's no sex education other than that. We watched a partial birth abortion video, which was horrifying. You saw the graphic side of STDs, but we had no education on condom use. A friend of mine from public school had to show me how to use a condom using the stick shift in her car. But I don't think my parents really knew to the extent the harm that the school was doing. Under any other circumstances. That would be funny. Yes. That would be hilarious to me. I'd be like, oh, the irony and like the sheer like tone deaf brutality of this. Uh But nope, uh, because there's a little too much power and it's a little too real and it makes Mm -hmm. me not happy. Yeah. So this isn't funny anymore. (laughs) I I was going to say who scheduled this and then I realized you scheduled this where it's like, oh, cool. We got to talk about the socialism week one of November where we were terrified (laughs) about the election and then two movies where we heavily deal with like race and then one heavily deals with like rape culture and now we're talking about religion why did you do this to me in one month because next month we're gonna watch holiday movies and feel good and airy and lame so i'm hitting us with a lot of serious shit because i love christian christmas it's my favorite well at least now we get all the heavy stuff out of the way so then we can have like the fun commercialization like insults next month (laughs) Okay, I think we're only doing one or two Christmas movies, thankfully, but, (laughs) and I don't think they're as heavy. No. So, that's fun. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) How are you? You sound like you're having a great time. I'm laughing because I'm uncomfortable, because to quote Bare Naked Ladies, I'm the guy that laughs at a funeral. So, um, we'll move past Father Murphy, because I think... I think talking about, you know, we, we talked about her friend earlier, um, and her friend is played by Francesca Real or Riel. I'm not entirely sure how to pronounce it, so my bad. But she plays Laura, and Laura is, she's the bad version of, like, the Christian friend at school. Like This, she's, is, this is her inverted yeah, thing. Yeah, she's, she's aggressive, and she's judgmental, and she's a hypocrite, and I, I have no place for her. She, yeah, no, she sucks. Especially there's a scene in the woods where, um, so, so a thing we didn't touch on is that there's a rumor going around that Alice ate some dude's salad. Uh, tossed his salad. My bad, tossed his salad. So, uh, and she doesn't even know what that means. Well, yeah, because she refers to it as like, I don't even know what it means to eat someone's salad. <laughs> yeah, so she doesn't know what it means, and then she tries to look it up and on the on Father Murphy's computer, and then it's like, somebody's been doing something naughty, and I bet I know who because of rumors. Yeah. So, um, everyone thinks that she's a slut, and she's clearly not. She's mm-hmm. not done anything. She's Mm-mm. very confused about her own sexuality, much less anybody else's. But um, because now that there's the smut like scandal of the computer, everyone is calling her even like more awful things. Because you know, yeah, we on top of the religion, we get to talk about slut shaming culture, mm-hmm. which is just so dandy. 
And um, there's a scene in the woods where she basically just yells at Alice and calls her like awful things. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I want to push this woman down like this hill of trees. And I hope she hits everyone on the way down. Because like really... she is, she is like, uh, you remember in Easy A where, 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 where Big Tits Mm-hmm. Uh, like just decides randomly like, hey, Emma Stone, um, I know we're friends, but also you're a slut. So I guess I'm on the religious side now and I'm mad at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is kind of like that. But she was never that they were all she was always on the religious side. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like, oh, hey, um, I know we're friends, but also I've decided to take a, a moral high ground that is founded on nothing mm-hmm. and just be mad at you. Yeah, it's uh, that character is so frustrating. I think that I think Francesca real does a great job with that character yes i hate her for the right reasons exactly. but that doesn't mean that i'm enjoying I was like, it i because i i know that girl because while i had like my youth group friends who were very understanding and were very like i don't know if i believe everything verbatim that we're being taught i think that there's some some gray areas we should probably be exploring um there were also the ones who were like nope black and white like just really shitty about it mm-hmm. and i distinctly remember this girl who you know i thought was you know my friend and i thought was very kind and i mean i guess spoiler alert trigger warning for like bad things um very open about how i've been assaulted and when I was talking about that and because I, you know, when you, when you go long enough to these things, you do start to kind of buy into a little bit of the bullshit. And I was definitely struggling. You got indoctrinated? I don't even, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> but I definitely was struggling with like what it meant for me as a person who had been assaulted. Like this idea of like being permanently damaged or like the idea that I was now like broken or lesser than or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I was really struggling with that. And like therapy wasn't really helping. And I was like, yeah, fuck it. I'll just talk about it at youth group one day. And I talked about it and I was like, this is the thing that happened. I was like, so clearly like I'm, I'm not actually a a virgin. And at this point I was also having sex recreationally, but you know, in my brain, I was like, this is me trying to take that power back and trying to figure shit out. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of me having sex with dudes in high school was 100% core related to me trying to deal with like unresolved trauma of being assaulted by men. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that now, but you know, when I'm 15, 16 years old, I don't know that shit. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to figure it out. And this girl was so fucking mean to me about it. And she was like, well, then I guess you're just a whore forever in God's eyes. And I was just like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it was the exact opposite of what I needed to hear. And then even at that moment, like even like the youth pastor was like, whoa, that's not true. That That's not very <laughs> cool. Youth pastor of you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like the youth pastor was like, hey, hey, we don't, first off, we don't use that kind of language in here. And second of all, like God's forgiving. And like, <laughs> try, I think you need to... to listen to more Reliant K. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. But she was so like vengeful about it. And I was like, God, you suck. And it's this thing where as an adult now, I almost feel bad for this girl because like, and I guess this is me speaking as like a a privileged person because I'm, you know, obviously white, but I have such empathy for a lot of these religious like crazies because in my head I'm like, well, you genuinely like, you don't know better. Like you've been brainwashed and indoctrinated since birth and you need legitimate deprogramming. And, like, that sucks. Like, it's basically like, oh, hey, this person was in a cult their whole life and they just recently escaped. We should help them. And it's like, they're they're not going to escape. These are the people who, even after, like, they they find out things are, are wrong or terrible, they're like, well, it's all I've ever known, so I'm going to stay. And it's like, whoa. 
And I, I have empathy for them because it's like, you know, your brain just is wired incorrectly at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, and it just sucks that there's so many people that are like this and that they have so much power in like things like legislation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I mean, that's I'm, as much as I want to like just shit on the concept of religion just as a as a thing, which, you know, I've, I've been doing pretty, pretty thoroughly up to this point. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm, I'm there with you. I do have a lot of empathy for people who don't know any better. My youth group had, uh, every stereotype you can imagine of indoctrination. Mm -hmm. We had the, uh, the 16 year old girl who got super fucked up on drugs and almost OD'd. So then, you know, 12 step her way into religion. Mm -hmm. Or we had the kid who was, uh, talking about since he was like 14 about how he was going to go into the military because we got to fight those those dirty racist slangs for Middle Eastern people, you mm-hmm. know. It was just, it was every trope you could imagine. We had a girl whose dad was the uh, lead, like, I don't know, I, I, I don't want to say he's like the songwriter because he's not. But it was like, it was a revolving door of kids in the church Christian rock band. And he was the one who was like the showrunner of it or whatever. Mm-hmm. He let it, so then she was his daughter, and, like, it was, it was every big thing that can just overwhelm you as far as, like, not knowing anything else and just Mm -hmm. being taken over by this concept. When I hit a point, um, where I was just straight up admitting, like, oh yeah, no, I, I don't believe in religion, this is not my, this is not my bag, I don't believe in it, it's not my thing... They went, aren't you afraid of going to hell? And I go, well, no, I'm, I, I think I'm a pretty good person. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if I, if there, I don't really believe there is a heaven or hell, but if I am, I, if there is, then I'm a good person. So I figure like, you know, it'll work out for me. And they go, that's not how it works. You have to believe in Jesus. So you go to hell. And I'm like, okay, cool. Um, I don't like these rules and I don't want to play this game. <laughs> and that's something that's always really strange too. In, you know, I've had conversations with, you know, my, my friends who are of faith, um, since then that are just like, you know, well, teach me about like atheism. Like what motivates you to be a good person? What motivates you to do these things? And I'm like, just being a good person, the satisfaction I get knowing that I'm being a good person. I don't need to be, you know, thanked with like uh, eternal life in heaven because mm-hmm. I was a good person. And no, uh, you're playing, you're playing a game. And like, it's, it's so frustrating because like, I'll, I'll talk to people and they're like, well, I'm a good person because Jesus says so and I get to live forever in heaven and that's why I'm a good person. And I'm like, how is that any different than people who commit like suicide bombings um, because they think they're going to be promised 72 virgins? I'm like, you're doing something solely on the merits of you're, you think you're going to be promised something in the afterlife. Mm-hmm. And it's just this like moral line that we have like arbitrarily established as like, well, this one is real and this one is not. Mm-hmm. And this one is worthy of praise and this one is worthy of you know discrimination or being pushed aside i think it's it's fucking ridiculous like it's it's all different shades of the same color and it's just very frustrating to me when people are like oh so you like you just you just want to be a good person I'm like yeah i fucking believe yeah. in people like yeah. people it's very humanist you know <laughs> yeah people have the capabilities of wanting the world to be better without it having to be motivated by oh you're going religion. to get a treat yeah exactly like i don't need to fucking fly to mexico and build a hospital and then like you know i don't need to go on some missions trip somewhere i can just help out in my own goddamn fucking community like it's 
I don't understand like the thought process behind it. I, Ugh, it just so, shakes me. Now so, I'm getting heated. <laughs> now you're getting heated. Great. Um, like the close, as far as like a spirituality goes, like the closest one that I probably subscribe to is like a Taoist one, just because at least it's honest. Cause one opinion that I, it is kind of in that sort of realm of Eastern philosophy is like, you can't truly do anything selflessly because if you do something to help someone because it'll make you feel better, then mm-hmm. you're not doing it to help them. You're doing it because it makes you feel better. So you really can't try to be a better person in that sense because you're being selfish. And then it's the whole oxymoron of like how enlightenment is never possible and whatever. Mm-hmm. But at least it's like honest. It cuts out all the middleman bullshit of like, no, I have to be a good person because then I'll get a reward. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, just let's 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 just call it like it's like we see it there. Let's call out how hypocritical <laughs> this is. And just there. Perfect. Love it. Great. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So as far as our other characters, I mean, in all honesty, they There's not really anything. there really isn't. I it's mean, just people being pointed out that they're hypocrites. There's the um, the one girl who's I guess in Nina. charge of yeah. this thing, and so Nina is played by Alicia Bow, who is really really good in um, Sixty Eight Kill and you know plenty of other stuff. She's great. Oh yeah, I watched like half of that. Yeah, she but she's fun. she's sort of that like archetypal hypocritical role where everybody sees her as like she is the holiest, like she is the the girl who is the most committed and the most devout in her religion. She's Princess Jesus. Yeah, she's Princess Jesus, and yet like she's blowing dudes in the in the woods. Alice. Hey, what's up? Just finished cleaning. We made s'mores after lunch. Saved you one. Thanks. We pretended each marshmallow was a different mortal sin before burning it. Yours was lust. Oh. So like that they, you know, they they exist to move those those themes forward. But uh, I think what's most important in this movie is the theming mm-hmm. and this idea of sexuality and repression and in all honesty like kink development um these are all things that get kind of touched on so i I guess the first thing to talk about is (laughs) is is the idea of like masturbation let's talk about collective soul (laughs) that song is fucking ruined for me ruined for me (laughs) bj why is it ruined for you and then i'm gonna tell a story of what i associate that song with so that's really funny um so there is a scene in this movie where Alice has been perceived as, you know, breaking some rules because she, you know, she's at church camp and there's, there's rules here. Um, so they put her on like janitorial duty. And when she catches, you know, Nina given a blowjob in, in the woods, it's right outside like the kitchen that she's mopping and collective soul is playing. And she straddles the broom because here's the thing that no one ever wants to talk about when it comes to female sexuality is that when you're young like you don't have things like a vibrator or a dildo or whatever like usually you don't like you might be if you have like a cool parent or like a really awesome friend you might Mm -hmm. but chances are you don't so like you make do with what you have so i used to do butt stuff with aloe vera oh god (laughs) it was it was really cold more than anything Okay, I mean, that that makes sense. Yeah. yeah that just kind of, like, my whole body just, like, tensed up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's um, not the worst thing. It's but organic. When, but when she's listening to this song and watching, like, you know, people, you know, perform a sex act, she's, like, straddling this broom and, like, rocking back and forth on it and, like, is essentially, like, getting herself off. She's dancing with herself. She's dancing with were. herself <laughs> uh, while listening to Collective Soul, which, like, 
you don't even think about it, but when you're like watching like a close up of someone's face, kind of in ecstasy, and you just get like and you're like oh this song okay yeah i get that this is about jesus but now like it has this weird sex thing to me so then like a couple days after we watched the movie i was like driving somewhere and the song started playing in my brain like we were on our way to get pizza it immediately went to that scene and i was just like oh no i have an association with this now and it's of somebody masturbating in a kitchen kitchen. to like being a voyeur and, like, because the thing is, like, I was watching that scene, and she, she's, like, like kind of grinding on the broomstick, and I was like, oh, that's not going to help you. And then they do this shot where she's moving it side to side, and I was like, that's the ticket. That's, like, when the seam of your jeans hits you in just the right way while you're driving, and you just kind of rock yourself back and forth. Sure. Like, yeah, our plumbing's, I'll believe you. Our plumbing's different. So this I'll is, believe you, sure. <laughs> this is not, you know, a, a universal experience. But so watching her go back and forth on the broom, I was like, that a girl, that's how you figure that shit out. Good job. You just see just see what feels good. Yeah, I was like, it, I felt like a weirdly like proud mother. I was like, go baby bird. Yes, you have discovered <laughs> what feels good. I'm so proud of you. So, <laughs> so that's like... your story with this song that you'll always associate it with. Mine is... Um, is, is the church band. Uh, my brother used to be, when he was probably like 12, 13 years old, he was in like the Christian church band. And uh, they just did covers of like Flood by Jars of Clay and, I don't know, probably Switchfoot and Collective Soldiers. V- stuff that's either religious or vaguely religious in some cases. And they just would perform that and be like, yeah, cool Christian rock band. Bleh. And... Um, my brother is dead now, and that's fine. He's a fuck-up, and I don't care. But um, my mom would say to me, Oh, this song just reminds me of your brother before, like, he back when he was, like, a good Christian boy and before everything, like, really went bad for him. Like, and even, even before he died, this was a thing that would she would say, and she would say it every single time it would come on. Every single time. For years and years and one day i snapped and was like you know that song's about heroin right and it's fucking not it's not <laughs> but i just wanted to ru- i wanted to ruin it for her because i was just being <laughs> i was being a piece of shit because i was like i don't know however old i was maybe like 17 and i was just being a shithead and i just couldn't take it because it was just driving me crazy that she would tell me the same story every single time and you don't do well with repetition. Repetition is not uh, is is probably my biggest pet peeve. Period, especially mm-hmm. if it's like the same kind of sentence in the same circumstances, and it just feels like I'm going crazy. Mm-hmm. And my mother is the reason for that because she has a bad memory and has bad hearing, so she would just repeat things to me over and over again growing up, and I can't take it anymore. <laughs> So Collective Soul is ruined for both of us. I mean, you get joy out of it, and I just think of, like... I don't I don't, I don't feel good about it now. I mean, I think it's really funny, <laughs> it but, <is> like... Funny. <laughs> it is funny. It's just, like, that's such a dick move. Oh, it's such a shitty move. <laughs> I'm sure she has forgotten that conversation, and it's probably not ruined for her, because her memory is garbage, so I'm sure she's living her life But you blissfully. remember, and now you get that with it. Yeah, well, my bad. <laughs> Um, so another thing with this masturbation is there's a running gag that the, (laughs) the sort of awakening for Alice is the car scene in Titanic. Mm -hmm. And her friend keeps talking about like how it's impure that she has rewound that scene so many times. Three times. Three times. That's impure. I only asked you to do that because I couldn't hear what Kate whispered to Leo when he said, where to, Mm Matt? 
which just happens to be right before they make out and steam up that car window that Kate slaps her hand on. I didn't write it. And I was cracking up because the first time I saw Titanic was at a birthday party for one of my friends when Aww. the VHS had just come out. And her parents, like when all of the kids got dropped off, had to like take our parents aside and be like, so for her birthday, she has requested that they watch Titanic. I just need you to know there is some nudity barely there but it is... was the first time i ever saw boobs see so you understand yeah so they <laughs> to which um if anyone's curious um i would have seen that in theaters when that come out 97 something like that yeah so i was Isn't like six me? years old and this is one of my mother's favorite stories to tell is uh loudly in the theater uh upon seeing kate winslet's boobs on the screen i go but you still do that, like with my boobs. I mean, maybe not in that tone. <laughs> no. It's... And now, now I've upgraded to titties with two Ds. Yes, you have. And that's really more of my style. But you have that same like sense of enjoyment and wonder. Oh no, I love the Baps. They're great. <laughs> they are. They are one of my greatest simple pleasures. <laughs> but I like. I was like six years old. All I knew was I've never seen these before, and mm -hmm. I'm supposed to like these, and I do. Like, don't get me wrong, I do. But, like, I was not cognizant of, like, right, no. horniness. It was well, just a thing that you're supposed to like. Well, and so here's... And I, did, I didn't even know that, like, what happened in the car scene. I had to ask people at, like, school, so they're like, what, what happens with, like, the handprint in Titanic? And they go, Jack Bitter. And it's like, what? Why did he bite her? <laughs> it's a vampire movie now. Yeah, like, that's what I was told by kids in school because they didn't know either. We were, like, six. <laughs> So, and that's something that is, I, that's something that I, I keep thinking about this movie is there's a difference between discovering masturbation and then knowing what masturbation is. Oh, yeah. There's a huge difference because like children as young as like three will masturbate, not because it's sexual, not because of whatever, but because it fucking feels good. There are nerve endings there and it feels good. Even mm -hmm. when like, even when like little boys have not reached puberty yet, they will do that. Like you ever, you ever just really scratch an itch and it feels good and then you scratch it for like, do you ever rub your eye and then like the rubbing of your eye goes away? But then you keep rubbing it because it feels good. Yeah. It's probably like that. Yes, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> so that's like, you know, that's the difference between like discovering masturbation. And then when you get a little bit older and you know what it means and you suddenly get all of the social messaging, that's when like the weird sort of brain chemistry happens of like, I don't know if I'm supposed to like this or I don't know if I'm supposed to do this. And obviously because we were both raised differently, masturbation is talked about and encouraged in very different ways depending on what gender identity you are assigned it wasn't encouraged by by me at any point <laughs> i didn't <laughs> masturbate till i was 14 so i have no experience with this but i believe you're yes your, i'm not saying story. you specifically i'm saying in a general sense girls never talk about masturbating no dudes can jack it and it's cool yeah and yeah. that's what it is like it's funny or it's like well keep the door closed or there's like you know, jokes about like, oh my god, the laundry, all the socks could walk away. <laughs> like, all this dumb shit. Is that, is, that a, is that a common joke? Yes. Ew. Yeah, people are fucking gross. Okay. But then when it comes to like, girls, it's just like, girls don't do that. 
It's like similar to how like girls, girls don't poop. Girls don't poop. Girls don't. Oh my god. Girls, girls don't, don't fart. Touch themselves there. That's disgusting. When the reality is like, yeah, we fucking are. Or if we try it, or if we feel like something's good, it's like this horrifying guilt thing of like, oh, uh, what? What's happening? I feel like that is because there is a uh, a strong anti masturbation and sex cloud hanging over mm-hmm. our society. Yeah. Thanks to. Catholicism specifically. Thanks, Puritans, for setting a standard that we have not broken for hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also this idea, the idea of virginity politics are also a lot heavier on women. Like, boys don't get purity balls. Girls do, where they dress up like they're goddamn, like, brides getting married to their fathers, and it's fucked up and weird. Yeah, I didn't know about those until you taught me about them and I was scared. Uh, yeah, so for those who don't know what a purity ball is, um, welcome to your nightmare. Don't Google it. It'll make you very upset. Um, but a purity ball is essentially a ceremony where young girls dress like little brides and they give an oath to their fathers to remain virgins until their fathers later will give them away to their future husbands. It is grotesque and horrifying. And... Like, they treat it like a straight-up wedding. You do it in the church. It's this big ceremony. And then there's, like, a dance afterwards. It's like a daddy-daughter dance. They're literally marrying their fathers. It's disgusting. Yeah, I don't like that. It's that, so that feels weird. awful. There is a, one of the Into the Dark um, movies on Hulu um, with Blumhouse. is called Pure, and it's all about that. But, like, with older kids, not, like children because usually it happens with like Mm preteens um but that i think was a little too far and they're like oh we'll do it with like 18 year olds because it's terrifying when you realize that normally it's like girls as young as 11 like it's disgusting i don't Um, like this so yeah so virginity politics and like this sort of like purity politics um we stress them a lot heavier on girls Mm -hmm. so when a girl especially somebody who has some sort of religious background is discovering that sexuality I think that conflict is a lot heavier. Um, there's a lot more... F- there's, there's a greater divide. Yes. There's a lot more forgiveness when it comes to to boys and sexuality. Oh, yeah, because boys will be boys and they just exactly. can't control themselves. Exactly. And it's, it's presented as like this carnal instinct that cannot be controlled. And, you know, modesty things heavily are about women. And like, like modesty things with women, it's not about keeping women modest. It's about keeping the men pure and it's our responsibility to do so. Tis better to spill your seed on the ground than in the belly of a whore. <laughs> Gross. You know, good, good stuff like that. So, so that's a big part of it. Um, and I think that they handle it in this movie really well because it's never. I think is Alice like I'm a bad person for feeling this way. I think it's like it doesn't make sense that mm-hmm. that this is like seen as such a bad thing, especially knowing. People are doing it anyway, so, like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, there's this moment where she first gets to to her little retreat thing in the woods, and they pass around, like, a feelings list, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, well, circle any of these things that you've felt in, like, the last six months or something, and uh, I don't remember if it's, like, what is it, like, lustful or something? Like, what's the one she circles that she then realizes, like... Turned on. Turned on. That's what it is. So she circles turned on and then goes, wait a minute, I'm not supposed to admit to this, and tries to erase it, and is but met like with... But it's that cheap-ass pencil where, like... No, it's, she has, doesn't have an eraser yeah, anymore. Just, like, like, the eraser's been erased away, so then yeah. it's just scratching into the paper, and she's just like, oh, God. 
<laughs> they're gonna know that I've been turned on. <laughs> yeah, so like that's a thing that happens, and uh, that that's really good. Uh, that that that's really just the whole mood is that she she wants to admit that this is a thing she does, mm-hmm. and but honestly, n- everyone does it, but knows she's not supposed to. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I think I think that that this movie does a really good job at navigating those waters because honestly, even if you take religion out of it, because like if even if she was in public school and this mm-hmm. was not a Catholic school experience. I, girls still have that experience and it's because like this fucking virginity politics bullshit is so heavily incorporated into our society's mm-hmm. just general framework it's in our fucking sex education even in public schools um we didn't have sex ed in my school so that was gonna be my next thing <laughs> is it's like i'm curious what your sex education was like um we had a so we took sex ed for a single day in eighth grade Oh, God. And um, the health teacher was also the football coach, which meant, you know, it was, it was, we had one of those schools where if you were one of the coaches, you had to teach a class. Yeah. Because they were going to, you know, get their money's worth. Right, right. And most of the coaches, they just taught social studies because you just have to read out of a book and then they don't have to try. But for whatever reason, Mr. Passarello just. Ooh, name drop. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, have fun tracking him down, whatever. Um, but he's uh, he was the health teacher, and, like, I don't know what happened, but, like, the girls got called out of the class, and that's probably where they had, like, some sort of pregnancy talk with them. And then Mr. Passarello literally just sat there and went, all right, you, you guys know how to put on a condom? And everyone's like, yes. And he's like, cool. Don't get herpes. That one doesn't go away. <laughs> And that was it. <laughs> then we just chatted amongst ourselves for the rest of the period. That was the sex education I got in Northern Ohio. That's so terrifying. And considering that I used to work in the school systems uh, here, I, I know you're not wrong and I know you're not lying. Mm-hmm. Um, my sex ed was a little different. So third grade is when you would have like the, your body is a beautiful thing and is going to be undergoing some changes. I mean, maybe talk. that's what that talk was in my school, but uh, I wouldn't know. I was not in that yeah. section of the class. So the, the, the boys got separated and it was basically like, your balls are going to drop and here's fucking deodorant. Don't be gross. And the girls, we like, they had to watch this. Like I didn't have to cause I already had my period. Um, but they had to watch this like terrifying video where, like a girl at a sleepover gets her period and then like the next day mom is explaining it and how she decides to explain it is she straight up is like making pancakes and makes like the ovary fallopian tube uterus like like the bowl shape like diagram on pancakes and it's wow like, like pancake art like <laughs> yes! this was trend setting <laughs> so she makes the pancakes and she's like and here are your here here's the fallopian tubes and this is where it keeps all your eggs and blah, blah, blah. like it's terrifying um so that was third grade and then nothing i think until eighth grade Mm -hmm. there might have been something in fifth grade but i I don't remember but i remember eighth grade because then we were all in the same room Mm -hmm. and it was like talking about sex and like intro to stds and pregnancy and all that stuff yeah so and the problem is like they did the thing where it's like in any time throughout this if you have a question just write it down and then like we can put it in this box and it'll be anonymous no one will know who asked what like just so stupid and it was just like a bunch of immature shit like people were asking the most ridiculous questions and the person who was teaching it because the one from eighth grade he was not a teacher like it was like an outside person that came in Mm mm-hmm 
And then in high school is when we got like the more comprehensive. Um, consent was not part of it. Gay was not part of it. No, of, of course, course not. not. But it was legitimately like comprehensive. What in, was it just the biological aspect? It was of very it, much like the biological like, aspect. Yeah. But then also like it was it was a little bit more real in the sense of like here are your different options as far as like protection like i don't know a lot of schools that are like this is what a diaphragm is or like this is dental dam and like my school did that which was cool but my school also had a very high rate of teen pregnancy so it was i think kind of pushed and mandated after a certain point where they were like, well, clearly everything else is not working. Like we should probably do something different. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'm hoping that was good. Like our nurse's office had like a bowl of condoms. People just fucking took them all the time. Uh, we, I don't, yeah. we did not have that. I don't think anybody I went to school with got pregnant, but if they did, it was sure, certainly on the, the DL. Ours, we had, we had pretty high pregnancy rate. And what was really interesting is so my school was huge. And how many people were in your school? Cause we had like 2000 in my high school. We were double that probably it was, okay. it was huge um but we had you know five minute passing periods well if you were somebody who like broke their leg or was in a wheelchair or was pregnant um then you got to leave class five minutes early than everybody else so that mm -hmm. you didn't have to like push your way through the crowds which makes sense um and i remember i had twisted my ankle and i was struggling to walk and so i got a five minute pass and it was only at that moment when i realized like how many people at my school were pregnant because uh, if they're not in your classes you're not going to see them in the hallway mm -hmm. because they they go ahead of time so i'm just like walking you know stumbling my ass around on crutches and i was just like oh my god and to me like you know there's nothing wrong with them for doing it like i was having as much sex as they are it's just a matter of like if we're not given the same resources and the same education then yeah the outcomes are going to be different and it, it just always frustrated the hell out of me because, you know, growing up, you'd see the girls that would get pregnant and they'd be like, yeah, she's a whore. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you, I know you're having sex. Like, she's not a whore because you got pregnant. It's just the results are different. Maybe something but, happened. We but don't know. men aren't whores. If anything, a man They're is a... Players. If anything, he's a man whore and that's a joke. It's so fucking stupid. Oh my God, Timothy, you're such a man whore. Oh. So fucking stupid. Yeah, so um, like, it's, it's not the same thing. Yeah, no, it's not. And... I do think that Yes, God, Yes kind of points out a lot of, like, that hypocritical double standard that we set for women versus men. Oh, yeah. Um, but something that you even pointed out when we were watching this that I was like, I did not think about that the first time. So mm -hmm. we've, we've talked about Alice's love of uh, hairy arms. Oh, the forearms? Yes. Yeah, so kind of wax poetic on that. Like, what what's that all about and what is that talking about? Okay, so she is on... I believe, I, I'm sure it's AIM. Yeah, it's like an AIM chapter. Yeah, it's it's either AIM or whatever the, you know, royalty-free approximation of what AIM is for this movie. Uh, so she's on that, and she's in, like, one of these just open chat rooms with lots of strangers, which I didn't know AIM had those, and I was never in them, because <laughs> I am a little cherub. But she's on there, and some guy's just like, oh, yeah, you want a cyber? Look, ASL. And she's just like, like, what the fuck does what that does mean? What does that mean? <laughs> And uh, American Sign Language. No. Um, but he's just like, oh, do you want to, like, what are you doing? Do you want to, do you want to see me? And, and then he will send a picture of him having sex with a girl. And she hyper fixates on his hairy forearms. Because this is the first sexual image yes. she's ever seen. And 
for whatever reason, that's the thing she picked on. And now whenever she sees a guy with hairy forearms, it reminds her of that image and Mm -hmm. like that first sexual feeling she ever had where she saw that and was like, oh, I think I'm going to touch myself while sitting at the computer Mm -hmm. for like a second. And that's kind of developed a weirdly specific hairy forearm fetish. Mm -hmm. Because here's the thing, friends. Um, All of our fetishes sort of have roots somewhere. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they're very obvious. Yeah. Sometimes they're not. In this case, it's pretty obvious. Like, she associates hairy forearms with, like, that first sensation. Like, because ultimately, like, we're all Pavlov's dog. All of us. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love that this is an aspect of that film because it's so arbitrary. Like, it's it's so simple. But, like, even when we, we go to, you know, this this... Kirko's retreat and she sees the guy with the hairy arms you and I both went oh uh-huh. and then like immediately after we reacted they did a close-up of his arms and we're like yep this movie is going there they're like she has she a hair- lusting she after has a those hairy arms arm kink. <laughs> yep and at one point she touches him and he's like what are you doing yeah she's like stroking it and the thing too is his arms are straight up like Robin Williams arms oh like, they're they are so fuzzy so fuzzy. like they stuck so much hair on this kid <laughs> It was pretty funny. But I, I really like that they went there with this because... It didn't have to... That was That is not necessary to the plot in any way. No. But it's really specific to a point where it's like, oh no, that feels very genuine. Yeah. And I really, really liked that because I think... When, when we are younger too, when we're trying to like figure shit out, we get these ideas in our head of like what we're supposed to like, or, you know, the, the media is telling us like, oh, you're supposed to like somebody who looks like this, Mm -hmm. or you're supposed to like this. There was a, uh, a TikTok that I, I posted on, on Twitter the other day because it cracked my shit up and it was like, take a picture or show a picture of your first celebrity crush and then show a picture of who you're dating now. And it's this like classically like model handsome guy and he posts a picture of Megan Fox <laughs> and she's like you know obviously perfect and gorgeous and then when it cuts to his current girlfriend um, it's actually a guy and he's gay <laughs> and I was like what a great exercise in like social messaging and influence of like oh you're supposed to you're like supposed this to like Megan Fox yeah and you know what Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, she's great. She's gorgeous. <laughs> um, but I think that, that that's something that we all kind of struggle with when we're younger. And especially, like, if you discover that you like something that is quote-unquote different mm-hmm. um, or off the beaten path or whatever, um, there's a lot of weird sort of mental gymnastics that you have to deal with that. So for her, it's like, you know, oh, God, hairy arms make me turn on. And you can kind of equate that to anything, like, oh, shit, I like somebody of the same gender presentation. Oh, shit, I like people that are fat. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit, I, you know, whatever, insert anything. And it's, 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 really, it's really interesting that this film was like, fuck it, we're going there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can basically contact trace most of my specific things I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. And like, in, in kind of a really similar way, one of the... Um, one of the roots of, like, my sexuality as far as, like, the women I'm interested in, such as yourself specifically, oh, is that um, since I was such a late bloomer sexually, a lot of the, um, like, the smut I was interested in involved older women who were, like, guiding younger, typically men. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
they were, that was kind of the way that it would manifest. And it was like, oh, hey, that's, that's how I found my, my bottoming niche. Mm -hmm. That's how I found my, my thing for like, ooh, mommy. <laughs> like, that's where all of that kind of stemmed from. Because it's like, oh, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. So I want someone who knows what they're doing to like kind of just sort of figure this out for me. Because I am just lost in a sea of confusion. And then you go ahead and you reward yourself by mm -hmm. then having this thing and getting off to it. So then your body trains itself to be, you know, just to be sparked by that. Mm -hmm. And that is the, that, that's a root of me being like, oh yes, older women, like, oh yes, women who are like, look very womanly and uh, that, that, I'm just looking across at you right now. <laughs> I know, I'm just you're being making like, like hand I'm making gestures. like hourglassy <laughs> motions with my hands and I'm like, yes, that's what I want. It's beautiful and well, because, perfect. Yeah, a lot of the a lot of the porn that you were interested in, you know, when it is somebody that's like, you know, guiding the young stud discovering sexuality, it tends to be sort of like that milfy porn. So a lot of the women that are in it, yeah, they tend to be more voluptuous because whether or not they have kids is arbitrary. You need to look like you've had kids. Yes, or then, you know, I developed a lot of weird specific kinky things because I learned about sex by watching sex. CSI, hear more about that in our mini episode on the Patreon about uh, the girl next door. But I was like, oh my, like specifically British women who are like 40 and very mean in satin blouses. Like that was a thing for a bit because it was just like, yes, like you're, you're precisely what I've like developed into and then it manifested into that. And so kind of like piggybacking off of like the, uh, you know, girls have a tendency to have to make do sort of thing, because that's sure. the thing is a lot of times, like, I think girls have that like fear of like, oh, I don't want to touch it. Or they don't know how to touch it because mm -hmm. no one, you're sure as shit gonna, not going to learn in sex ed, like, hey, you're touch your clit. Touch, that's where you want to go. That's the money spot mm -hmm. because no one's going to do that. Um, but there is a scene where Alice is using uh, the vibration setting on her cell phone. Yes. Um, and she's got it like in between she's her legs. Playing snake. Yeah. Over. She's got it like over her panties and is just like doing that. And I remember you looked at me and they're like, "Did you ever use a cell phone?" Uh -huh. And I had to tell you that the answer is no. I've never used the vibration setting on a cell phone because when I first had a cell phone and realized it could vibrate, of course I had lizard brain idea of like, uh -huh. I should use my cell phone. But me being a idiot or maybe this is me being like a perpetual tracy flick having to look up and learn everything i was like <laughs> i'm going to go on porn sites and look up girl uses cell phone horrible idea because yeah she used a cell phone I'm sure she's jamming it in by putting the whole fucking thing in there. And this is oh, no. like, like early the, 2000s. Like a thick-ass Nokia? It's like a Nextel. Like the construction <laughs> worker, like huge, can like fall off a building cell phone. Okay. And like what was terrifying is it's like the, <laughs> the video, it's like in there. And I know that it's in there. And I'm just like... What? And like, try, like, I'm so mesmerized by this. I'm like, like, it's this moment where it's like, this isn't like sexual, like this isn't doing anything for me. It's just like, I need to see where this is going. Mm -hmm. And you can hear it. Like, you can just like, you watch this girl and she's laying there like mm -hmm. moaning or whatever. And mm -hmm. yep, it's just like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I'm like, what, what's happening? And then finally she pushes it out and it's like a goddamn like childbirth oh, video. Oh, it's crowning? It crowns. And I was like, ah, and like immediately <laughs> like exit out reopen 
clear history. <laughs> like, oh. it, it, like, it stained the shit out of me. So now, like, whenever I hear people are like, oh, yeah, the first vibrator I ever had was my phone. My brain goes to there, and I just hear the vibration and think of the crowning, and I'm like, I need to go. Um, just having horrible flashbacks. It's, it's like, terrible flashbacks. Oh, my so God. So bad. So, so bad. So... So it brings around to what I think is probably our final point we need to talk about this movie. <laughs> yes. Is uh, how much, how awesome older women are. Let's talk <sighs> about that bar scene, which is like the most oh. mind expanding oh thing in the whole movie. Because it's like, oh, hey, surprise. There are things that exist out of your home life mm-hmm. and your like church functions and your like Catholic school. Like, welcome to like the rest of the world, kind of. So Yes, God, Yes has a moment that I think the easiest way to compare it is to, but I'm a cheerleader, actually, um, where the kids kind of escape and they end up at the gay bar. Mm -hmm. So at one point, Alice is just kind of like in fuck it mode. Mm -hmm. And she goes through the woods, ends up on the road, and she finds kind of this like hole in the wall bar. And she walks in and like immediately you and I were like, this is a lesbian bar. <laughs> like everything about it, it like is just like signaling this is a lesbian bar. Lots- Specifically like biker dyke. Yes. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. This is this is a this is kind of a, a butchy bar. Um and the the person behind the counter has, you know, like a like a really masculine haircut. And then there's this woman sitting at the bar in like a leather jacket. And she looks like a badass. And she looks like such a badass. And she's got like, you know, short gray hair. And I freak out because it's Susan Blackwell. And uh, for those that don't know, Susan Blackwell is like really well known in like a lot of musical theater circles. She's, like, she's in title of show. I was supposed to be in a production of title of show where I play her character. So like I, I have such a strong affinity for Susan Blackwell. I think she fucking rules. Mm-hmm. Um, but Susan Blackwell, like... Is, is the bar owner, mm-hmm. and Alice walks in, and she sits at the bar, and she orders a wine cooler. Yep. And then she just starts chugging it, and she's like halfway through, and then she's like, I want another, and they basically are like, don't push your luck. Yeah, they're like, no, fuck you, kid. Like, we clearly know that you're not old enough, we are being nice. No, you're not getting yes. away with two, stop it. And it's this situation because she's, you know, Susan Blackwell's character, her name's Gina, and Gina goes like, are you from that, you know, Catholic camp? And she's like, no, while she's wearing, like, the the waffle cross. And, she's wearing, like, like the shirt the that shirt has, like, the name the of the necklace. camp on it. Like, yeah, it's, it's no, really... No! And she's like, okay, kid. And it's... <laughs> this scene is really beautiful because it's this moment where Susan Blackwell's character... She's been there before. Mm-hmm. She's had that crisis of faith. And there's this really great exchange where they're sharing the different things that they thought was going to send them to hell. Mm-hmm. And it's like this, like, it's so much like arbitrary and like dumb shit. Like, that's when Alice confesses, like, I th- I thought I was going, I think I'm going to hell because I rewind Titanic a bunch. And Which is the most vanilla thing to go to hell right and like you (laughs) but god's petty so but like you can't help but laugh but then also have like this really big feel of sadness Mm -hmm. where you're just like oh because i you know there are people who live this way i thought i was gonna go to hell for rewinding titanic back to the sex scene Three times. You know, 
I thought I was going to go to hell for looking through my dad's Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition. I thought I was going to hell for having cyber sex. <laughs> yep. You know, the truth is, nobody knows what they're doing any more than the rest of us. We're all just trying to figure out our shit. And it like, it just hurts my heart when I think about like, I know people who think that like, uh, you know, oh, I have a, 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 I have a mental illness, so God doesn't love me. Mm -hmm. And it just, it hurts. Like it hurts my heart. So to have that exchange and sort of that acknowledgement in this very kind of low stress, very affirming way, Mm -hmm. I think is so beautiful and this is going to be like a really weird tangent and I kind of don't care. That's fine. Um, Go ahead. One of my biggest criticisms that I always see when people talk about like, oh, I hate, I hate queer movies or I hate this thing where there's the age gap relationship, Mm -hmm. right? They're like, why is it always like somebody that's so older with somebody that's so younger? Why is it always this? Why is it always that? Well, the reality is a couple, it's, it's, it's twofold. So one, queer people don't get to date when they're younger, typically. Well, especially older generations yes, now. Yes, yes. Like, like people now, who are currently, like, maybe, like, 50, 60 years old. Yeah. So, like, kids now, like, kind of like the TikTok gay teens now, like, yeah, mm-hmm. they can date each other. That's fine. Yeah. But, like, years and years ago, they didn't exist. And so a lot of times, what ends up happening is a lot of young queer people tend to have friends that are a lot older than them. And that's not an issue of like, oh, this is predatory or, oh, this is grooming. It's a matter of like, when you're 17 and you're the only gay kid in your in your school and you want to meet other gay people, they're going to be kids that are older than you. Because well, no, one, no one your age is out. Because no one Especially else in out. like yes. these small town kind of areas. Yes. So I get really frustrated sometimes because it's like, no, it's not inherently predatory. It's not inherently grooming. Like, so when people try to be like, oh, like queer community, we're just like you. No, we're fucking not. Oh God, no. We're not. I lobby for that all the time. And one of the, and one of the big things with that is how our community is with sort of the interpersonal relationships we have of like varying generations and ages. Mm -hmm. And. Oh, the, the, the queer community changes mm-hmm. so much, so often. Like, a lot can happen in five years. Oh, absolutely. So much happens in five years. Exactly. Especially now that we're in the internet age, it's like, there are vast, like, cultural des- divides mm-hmm. as far as, like, that generations go within the community. It's I would ridiculous. Say, within, like, the last 15 years, like, we're all living in, like, different worlds. Yeah. So, you mean, like, when I came out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, because you came out, when, like, now it's, like, what, 11 years? Uh, 10, as 11? trans, yes. Yeah. But I was out, like, as being, like, you know, maybe I like sucking dick. I don't know. I've never done it before. <laughs> like, I was questioning all the way back to when I was, like, 15, 16 years old. Yeah. So this, like, that's an entirely different world than, say, like, a lot of the kids today where they have social media. They have groups where they can connect with each other. They may be alone and isolated, like, physically, Um, in terms of what they're dealing with, but they have a community that did not exist for us when we Mm -hmm. were younger. So, oh yeah, I talked to a lot of weird old men on the internet when I was, uh, when I was young and they didn't know how quite young I was (laughs) because I had no one else to talk to. Right. And like, I, I fully admit I did the same thing. I remember being like 12, 13 years old in those weird AOL chat rooms or on, you know, number one chat Avenue or whatever. I would go into the gay rooms and I would ask like, 
who here likes women kind of thing. And like, you know, sometimes people would be like, oh, it's cyber. And then sometimes I would be like, hey, spoiler, I'm actually 14. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, Mm -hmm. please talk to me. (laughs) And like, that's how I learned a lot of shit. So having this character, whereas like, so Alice is not is not gay. She's not queer. She's very straight. Yes. Um, she likes men with hairy forearms. She likes men with hairy forearms. But having this sort of, like, this elder queer character, like, be the voice of reason for her and being like, hey, like, you're not going to hell. And, yeah, like, and also things like, are going to get better for you. such an opposite of her in so mm-hmm. many ways in that way. And it's like, I, I feel like even just seeing an action of, like, someone who... I'm I'm sure she's been told that, like, you know, lesbians are going to hell and they're bad people and they eat babies and God knows what. But even seeing just this person being like, hey, uh, here's an outreach of kindness Mm -hmm. and I know you're confused and whatever and let's – we're just going to have a short little talk about this and I'm going to say, like, hey, maybe go to a coastal school. Yeah, get out of your hometown. Yeah, just do that for a couple years and just see see what's out there and then kind of sort your life out from there. Like, simple advice and – all Alice wants is someone to listen to her, and no one in her normal life mm-hmm. does that. The first person who's truly affirming her as like, it's okay that you masturbate. It's okay that you feel this way. You're normal. There's nothing wrong with you. And it comes from somebody who everything in like her her religious world would tell her, like, this person is bad, mm-hmm. is the one person that's like getting through to her. And you know, to bring it all full circle, obviously after the, the, the complimentary illegal wine cooler, but Hey, she owns the bar. Fuck it. Um, she takes, she takes Alice back to the camp by, you know, taking her on her motorcycle. Mm -hmm. And before Alice leaves, she goes, Hey, by the way, do you know what it means to toss a salad? And she just starts cracking up at her and she's like, you're eating someone's butthole. Mm -hmm. And, that, you know, Alice has this, like, this weight is lifted off her shoulder. It's like she's been trying this whole fucking movie to figure out what the hell that means. Mm-hmm. And no one's been able to tell her. And she's not been able to figure it out. And then this one person who was like, by the way, like, here's the best possible advice you could have growing up. And then I'm also going to be the person who takes this burden off of you. Yes. I think it's so beautiful and poetic. And she leaves that exchange just, like, laughing. And she's like you got fucking kidding me. Like, and goes back to her camp with this newfound sense of like, hey, we're all fucked up and messed up people. And she has this really nice speech on like the last day of the retreat where mm-hmm. she's like, can we just be nicer to each other and like stop acting like we're not all broken because we're broken. Yeah. And to me, like that is where I feel the most like at home and comfortable with like people of faith because I, I do have friends that are like very very into their faith but they're the type of people that are like hey we're all broken and we just got to get through life and this is you know what i choose to do to help me get through life and Mm -hmm. it's like i love and respect that and like i love people who are like that and like i don't even know if she if she listens to the show but bless you tina stoic who is now tina turner but like i have to use your main name because otherwise people like tina turner um for being like that person in my life who I still connect with, who I know is from like a wildly different background than me, but still like loves people and is affirming and wonderful. Like that's the kind of people, like those are the Alice's in my life that I'm like, I love you and you make the world better and you don't weaponize your religion. And I am so appreciative of you, especially as a queer person. Mm-hmm. And I think what I really love about this scene and it just really brings the whole movie together for me is that 
regardless of anything that I say, regardless of the realities of my life or the circumstances of what I've been through, I have had to live through entirely too many interactions with someone who doesn't actually want to listen to what I have to say. They Mm -hmm. want to wait until I'm done talking so that they can repeat what they've been told. Mm -hmm. Because all Alice wants is someone to listen to her and talk to her, but everyone around her doesn't want to listen to her or believe her, and all they want to do is talk at her, which Mm -hmm. is the exact opposite of what I feel like any teenager needs when they're growing up. You're just supposed to kind of believe stuff on good faith that like, believe that the pastor is a good person and not a hypocrite. He's not, but like, don't shatter the illusion because then it destroys your whole worldview and Mm -hmm. your snow globe breaks and you go, oh God, there's so much stuff out of here and it's not snowing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, it's so, that that's what my biggest issue with religion is. And this movie has these beautiful interactions in probably the last, the, like the whole last third of this movie is mm-hmm. so, so satisfying for me to just be like, okay, cool. We set up all the uncomfortable stuff mm-hmm. that I was ranting and raving about for the first half of this episode. And then I got kind of tired. <laughs> and then the back half is where it's like, okay, cool. We've set all the world building. This is kind of the, 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 the thing we're dealing with. Now let's undo it all. And present other options and other thoughts and other processes. Mm-hmm. And I really, really like that. Like a too. lot. I do too. And I think that that, I think it's very reminiscent of so many people's sort of experiences with religion mm-hmm. in general. Is that like the first two thirds of our lives is just like, God fucking damn it. And just kind of awful and uncomfortable. And then you get to that point where you figure out what path is right for you. And then you move down that path. Yeah. Whether that's, you know, of faith or without it. And mm-hmm. I think that that's what this movie is doing. Cause they're not, they're not making a villain out of God or Jesus. They're not doing that. They're making a villain out of organized religion and like what people can do. Mm-hmm. And Which I is think the, that's the issue with religion. Yeah. That's, that's the powerful it, things in, dangerous hands yes i think that is the most important distinction that this that this film makes and i'm i'm really glad that we watched it i'm sorry i tricked you into it yeah thanks for that by the way (laughs) i mean ask the question i'm gonna ask the question (laughs) then then i'll give my answer to that but all things considered yes god yes is asking you to prom we're gonna make room for jesus at this prom uh is it a yes no or a maybe and are you writing anything on the note back I'm going to say this movie is a definite yes. Like, I, I like that. I don't know if I would go back to rewatch it mm-hmm. because it's just, this is a world I don't want to live in. It's too close to, like, too many life experiences of me for me yeah. to enjoy my time in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm more, un- I'm probably more uncomfortable with this movie than the movie is intending to make me. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I endorse this movie, like full-heartedly. Mm-hmm. I think it does a lot of really amazing things. I think it handles a lot of really unique topics with a lot of fairness and grace mm-hmm. that I um, do not have the patience for <laughs> in my old quarter-life age. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just uh, I, I I would slow dance to this, to, to something maybe like Reliant K's cover of uh, Africa. 
that but cover's really good. It's the best version <laughs> of best Africa. I don't Africa. fight me. Like the Weezer version, the Weezer version can suck it. It's awful. The Reliant K version fucks. The Reliant K version is really good, and also Reliant K is not a religious band anymore. I don't think. I think they I don't gave think that they up have for a while. I think yeah. a lot of the Christian rock bands have gave it up. Yeah, I think so, a lot have too. Well, I mean, it's become a very hostile environment, and also they, you're, you know, maybe gay stuff isn't terrible, and then it's like, how dare you say that jars of clay? We will shun you from the Christian <laughs> pop charts. Well, I'm I'm glad that this movie got a yes, God, yes. Um, Have you been waiting the entire yes, I've movie? Been to waiting. Like, God damn it! And I was like so afraid that it was gonna Blasphemy. be a maybe. I thought it was gonna be a maybe, and I was like, ah, shit. Um, but no, I'm glad that this movie got a yes because uh, I agree with you. I'm I don't know if I'd revisit it. I might revisit like that that bar scene. Um, just fast forward. <laughs> just fast forward. Go to the bar scene. Um, I feel like it'll be a really good learning tool for me if I ever teach my like film analysis class again because mm-hmm. I I think that scene is it's so fucking brilliant. It's so good. Um, I think it's a lot of what makes that scene good though is that it's in the context of everything that happened before it. Yeah, I agree. But so it's, who knows? Oh, but it's, so good. it's still really good. I think enough of us have our I own. Do, I want to be an old haggard biker lesbian one day. You're on your way, baby. I know. You're right? so close. Oh God, I only need to put on another forty years. <laughs> Maybe like twenty. I'm, I'm kind of an old person already. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, I think that that closes it up on a yes, God, yes. As always, like, please, please, please subscribe to our Patreon. It's where we release the schedule ahead of time. Harmony's monthly playlist, our Sadie Hawkins dance mini shows where Harmony makes me watch teen boy movies, um, our sleepover commentary tracks. Um, all of those are available there. Um, it really helps out with the show. I mean, we're podcasting by candlelight because we don't have power because we love you that much um you can also follow the show on twitter and instagram at this ends at prom you can find me on twitter and instagram at bj colangelo harmony where people where can people find you uh you can find me on instagram and twitter at velocitraptor velosa underscore trap underscore tour thank you as always to the sonder bombs for allowing us to use their song title as the theme song for this show support them got a new album coming out it's just you know go go on spotify support them go on Bandcamp, support them uh listen to crying is cool while you cry that's what i've been doing in this pandemic and it's helped <laughs> you've been crying a lot lately i just i just have a lot of feelings i can't <laughs> help it i'm sorry okay we love you bye okay. goodbye everyone <laughs>